Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story yesterday was, I actually consider it a holiday, like I won't call anybody or text anybody or whatever, even though I didn't even know who was playing in my own backyard, basically, it's still like a holiday in our house because it's Super Bowl Sunday. My husband like smoked stuff starting at early in the morning and we just... You're talking food, right? Yeah, we made... Yes. (laughs) See, that's that's a cultural difference. In Texas, if you're smoking stuff, it is food it's meat right so, in la though that's true that's true it's it might not even be smoke that you're smoking it could be vaping that you're smoking so there might have been some of that going on i didn't even know about but yes there were some short ribs smoking i pickled some fresnos for valentine's day he got me a cooking thing so we did had this really awesome brunch and it was just it was a great day uh, the game was totally boring, in my opinion, and there was something that really pissed me off. But let me hear what you've got, and then I'll tell you. Interesting. Yeah, there were stories about Snoop Dogg smoking before his performance at the halftime show, which I think everybody would presume. I don't know why that was a story, but yeah, people I mean, were pointing it out because it's legal in Los Angeles. So I think they probably, uh, of course, Snoop Dogg smoked before. That's his whole brand, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I feel like smokes. I feel like. Yeah, you can't just add THC. Like, you can't even get that thing wound up if you don't have THC. If he's Snoop probably, Dogg, he probably does it as a shtick at this point. If he did not smoke, that would be a story. Him yeah, not smoking before the It could be Bowl. like uh, my suspicions about Anderson Cooper that, like, they're secretly straight. Possibly. You know, that, that would be quite the breaking news if that were the case. The game overall, I agree, it was relatively boring, although the announcers tried to make it seem otherwise. It, it did come down to the wire, though. It was 23-20. to 20. Ultimately, the Rams did win. And, uh, go ahead. What was with that thing where he did? they did the running play when the clock was tight? I mean, everybody was just like, oh my gosh, that was the stupidest play. Anytime there's the stupidest play ever... That basically cost them the game. Like, I'm suspicious. The Bengals, with one minute and a half left, they should have kind of thrown the ball and, like, the guy catches it or he doesn't. It goes out of bounds. But instead, they ran it and the clock didn't stop. So they burned up a lot of time getting nowhere. Remember that? I might have missed that play. I was in and out. The one that stuck out to me was the last play they ran when they threw the ball in fourth and one. I thought that was a questionable Uh, play call. What happened? It was fourth and one, and they threw the ball. Which sometimes teams do, but they threw instead of running. I always like the running play. Are you talking about the Rams? No, I'm talking about Cincinnati on their last offensive play. It was fourth and one, and they threw the ball. Unless I'm misremembering. I know they did that on a a crucial fourth and one play. I think it was their last offensive play, if I recall correctly. But I was watching more. for. I didn't really care about the yeah, right. outcome of the game. I, I don't know I, why we were all rooting for the Bengals. Not, I don't give one crap. I didn't really way. care who won. Matthew Stafford played at UGA. Georgia Tech beat UGA when oh. he was there, so I don't really hold a grudge against him. That was one of the rare wins against UGA that Tech had, so I don't really hold a grudge against him. But he was formerly for Detroit, and his wife actually got in a little controversy a couple of years ago, 2020, for calling the, I think, governor of the state, calling him or her uh, dictator. I don't remember who was in charge at that point. No, in in Detroit, in Michigan. So why do people didn't like Stafford? I saw a bunch of people tweeting they they were mad he got a ring. Why why would they hate him? Well, those were people who were Tech fans, I presume. Georgia Tech fans. But I don't hold anything against him because Georgia Tech beat him while he was there. I was thinking... 
I probably got bumped for him many times in my all the time. I'm sure because he was. WSB. Well, I think he might have only played at UJ for one season, if I recall correctly. But I might be wrong in that. It, it was like 2009, so my history on that—that's before my time. Yeah, okay, so that was definitely, that was a while ago. So that's the game outcome. The halftime show was interesting. The halftime show was like they stole the playlist of every club that I went to while I was in college. And wow, the Early really 2000s, mid-2000s, it had Snoop Dogg, had Dr. Dre, had Eminem, had Eminem, 50 Cent, yeah. Mary J. Blige. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar, that's one that I... He's new, yeah. Yeah, he's a newer little bit than newer that. than the yeah. others, but it seemed abundantly clear to me that they were their target demographic was millennials and some early gen xers for the halftime show because those were all these were all the old hits from the 1999 early 2000s maybe they were actually trying to play to the audience that was there that's a good point they probably were definitely doing that as well and apparently eminem i saw him do this i did not recognize it as this but apparently he was giving a, a shout-out to Colin Kaepernick, and he did a kneel at the end of his performance as they were winding down. I thought he was crying. I thought he was on one knee crying because he was so happy to be back with his friends or whatever, but he was apparently doing <laughs> a salute again. <laughs> yeah, for Colin Kaepernick. I will say... The songs, it was the songs you remember if you're in my age yeah. range. It was, a, it was a good concert, although they had some of the themes that are propaganda themes, anti-police themes and whatnot, and obviously the Eminem thing. Although I just don't know if people recognize the Eminem thing as a Colin Kaepernick thing until it was called that by the news. So there was all these reports saying the NFL was surprised by Eminem's uh, kneel that he took. So Eminem is thumbing his face, thumbing it up to authority or whatever again. But then the NFL's like, no, we saw him do it in the rehearsal, so it wasn't. So we're okay with it. People kneel all the time. They have been since 2016. And the commercials, which is what a lot of people focus on, the commercials that stood out to me were obviously the Coinbase commercial. They had the QR code, and it's a great marketing technique. It's mystery. So you, you go and put your phone, it's just showed a QR code, you put your phone and you click on it and it takes it to the Coinbase website, Coinbase app, and it crashed their app, apparently. Oh so, my gosh, no way. Yeah. That's terrible. Uh, terrible for them, right. If that Terrible or good, because it did get a lot of exposure yeah. and they'll fix the glitch, I'm sure. And there was this commercial with, it was for MetaQuest and it featured an animatronic dog singing an 80s song. I think Don't You Forget About Me from The Breakfast Club, I believe. Maybe that's mm-hmm, not, yeah. For sure. And then it's like a display in a store. So they take the display down and then the dog gets kind of put out on the street in the trash and it gets less and less gigs. It's it just it's going downhill like an old rocker until ultimately it ends up in a dumpster about to be crushed by the dumpster compactor until someone saves it, takes it to a tech store, puts it in the tech store where some customer right before they leave puts a MetaQuest headset on it and it then relives its old glory uh, back when it was a young dog. Oh, this is what you inside had the Meta Quest. Yes, I put on that locals. because it's a, a theme that we have talked about before. People who so you've talked about people who are maybe handicapped who get to experience things in VR that they do not get to experience in the real world. This was kind of what I thought a parallel to. If you're older and your glory days are past, you can put on a VR headset and go relive your glory days, which is what this animatronic dog dig it did it was a rock star again in the vr world See, now for me i would have wanted run dmc and the bc boys on that stage or that would have been my glory days thing yeah i guess i'm even more irrelevant although that music was great and i'm really glad they didn't do they do a tupac hologram i think they talked about that no but you know what people say about snoop so i thought it would have been uncool if they that he might have maybe responsible for it 
might have uh, Jesse Jackson Tupac. Right. <laughs> I, I thought that just that commercial was interesting because it's definitely appealing to the if you're past your prime or, or if you're in certain different demographics where you can't do things you used to do. Go live in the VR world. Go get away, yeah. separate from reality. There was another thing. The thing that pissed me off about yesterday, if I may interject, was I, and the thing I was suspicious and then I dug into it and it led a trail to something that I can actually relate to personally, but it had that that handicapped kid thing. So I took pictures and I, I sent them out because I went to I took my kid to some parks play kickball before the game and as we were driving cross town we could see basically a stadium shaped cloud of what normally i would consider to be chemtrails over the stadium and what it was was the sky writing or what they call sky typing where it's just kind of like pixelated sky writing and i've seen that in not lately but a while back over this town where it doesn't even really say anything, but you think it's just skywriting that's fading away, but it doesn't really say anything. And I've heard people when I say, like, look at the chemtrails, I'm like, oh, isn't that just skywriting? I'm like, it's not skywriting. Like, it doesn't even say anything. And it turns into that milky haze that you always see. But it was so freaky to think. Now, I think it was a closed stadium, so I don't know how much that stuff would have hit them. And it moved over, basically, to on top of my house anyway. So, but it was... If there's anything in that stuff and it doesn't go anywhere, it's not like it looks like water vapor. It looks like something weird. They would just sprayed it over the stadium where there were tens of thousands of people and that was it. And then I was tr- we were all trying to figure out what it said because the first letters fade out before you can even read the last letter. So you can never really even read the message. And And it was before people were even there. So one of the messages was thank you sdpd san diego police department and then apparently san diego police department actually responded and and had a kind of like you're welcome or something and it was because they had uh just ended a six-hour search for a handicapped boy probably an autistic boy who ran away which happens to me every once in a while and it was very weird because that would have been an extremely expensive message to put up there. And in real time, I mean, I guess they could have set it up ahead of time that if there's anything happening, I don't know. It was just very weird in that regard. And uh, I just wondered if they were just wanted to spray some stuff over people and didn't, uh, you know, wanted it to be above reproach. Now, there was also like an ad, an AMC ad or something. I don't know, but it's weird. Then the other things were there's, of course, the flyovers from the military, which you hear from far away, like the Rose Bowl has a stealth bomber when they do it. Uh, and they're, everyone's like, oh, they're protecting the fans. Like, OK, I don't know about that. But then at Stella's prompting, I looked up that they were spraying something ends up they were spraying disinfectant, anti-COVID disinfectant on the fans. What? Really? Not, not not from like altitude, but in the fans. I That is what the article that I read said. Now, I thought that was pretty freaky. But, well, well, you know, maybe that's why all the fans were maskless, because this was a big coming out party for people not wearing masks at in public in Los Angeles, California, where the mask mandate goes until Tuesday, if I, if I recall correctly. I think until tomorrow, I think, is the last day. Yeah, it says until Tuesday. I think here, that's California, mandate, not anyway. just LA. Yeah, state. Yeah. Yeah. So, some counties are keeping it. Right. So what, what they did is they gave out K95, KN95 masks at the Super Bowl, but hardly anybody wore them. And there was 
a moment during the game where the announcer said, let's see who celebrities are here in the stadium today in SoFi Stadium. And they just cut to Matt Damon, Jennifer Lopez, not Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez, Matt Damon, and somebody else. And just four or five quick cuts to celebrities, all not wearing masks, all in close proximity of people, and all obviously knowing the cameras on them, just being super, super obnoxious and animated, especially Jennifer Lopez. It was kind of annoying, the cut to on her. But it was, to me, just a display of... We're done wearing masks. There's power in numbers. We're signaling that the mask thing is over. You can vote for Democrats in the 2020 election because the Republicans can no longer use this as a way to mobilize their base. And I will say this. I did talk to a couple of people, and I know it's just a small sampling, and it's in Georgia, but people who were Biden voters who are they consider themselves Democrats and Stacey Abrams voters last time who will not be voting for Stacey Abrams because of her support of the mandates so I think there is truth to what we were talking about, especially what they were, we were talking about in that Rockfin video, too, where they are shifting this in large part because of the 2022 election cycle. Well, just circling right back around to what you're saying, the NFL informs reporters uh, a week ago that SoFi Stadium, where the Super Bowl will be played, has been equipped with a huge misting system that will spray the entire stadium with 70% isopropyl alcohol throughout the game. They say the decision to install the mister came when they realized they wouldn't be able to enforce a mask mandate. Now, I would just say, once again, they get it wrong. What if they really wanted to help people, if I understand correctly, they would have made it a very low percentage, but of hydrogen peroxide instead of isopropyl alcohol. And that might actually have helped people. But uh, it says there's no way we could get everyone to wear a mask. mask, So we're in a completely different direction. It should kill any coronavirus that might be floating in the air. And we're providing people with masks masks so they won't breathe in too much of the alcohol. (laughs) Holy crap. Wow. Wow. I mean, does that not just make your head want to explode? That's the first thing I thought of is if you want to get drunk, you just keep going to get that spray. I mean, no telling what's actually. So really, so really what they want is to, it says, they put out a statement and they highly recommended that fans wear rain ponchos and swimming goggles. Wow. This is what it says. That's so As weird. of press that time, <laughs> the NFL had put out a statement in which they highly recommended that fans wear poncho. Is this a joke? I don't know. Is that, are you reading from the, this might what's be that? a joke. Not the, the website. Oh my God. The Bumblebee, not Bumblebee website. I can't remember it's, what the name of that thing is. That would be pretty funny, though. An advanced stage of news. The Grandma Gazette. Okay, so this is a joke. So that's parody right there, then. The thing is, you can't even tell the parody or the satire from reality at this point. Yes! We have jumped the shark. No, that's so true! Oh, my God, I'm glad I caught that. That would have been really terrible if that went to air. Yeah. And then we put that out there before I realized that. Yeah, I caught it in real time. Thank goodness I read to the end of the article. So anyway, but uh, but the skywriting thing I witnessed with my own eyeballs and I saw what it said. And that is, you know, so anyway, well, now I'm back to thinking people are going to get sick. Yeah, we'll see what happens. That is definitely a way they could go with it. They could use it as a mass demonstration to show that people get sick when they don't wear a mask. But yeah, I that's why that, I, I was afraid they yeah. sprayed that stuff on yeah. on them and so they could be like see this is what happens when you don't wear masks yeah like they spray so i don't know what the hell who knows who yeah. knows yeah i, th- I think um, it's ending when it comes to the mask personally but we'll see although a, some people are still going to wear them yeah so in the xr i want to talk about a 
a debunking, and I'm going to rebunk, <laughs> if that's a word. Yeah. This is a story about what an Israeli doctor said about his experience in the hospitals over there. But I did also in, you know, I really wanted to be positive this year. I am keeping up on the daily deep dive, but the positive I can't always do, which is that uh so i'm not able to do the positive and unfortunately it's kind of morphed into a negative in that i'm bringing to your attention the celebrity excuse me the celebrities that are dying ivan reitman died so he was the director of ghostbusters i think and animal house he usually there's a blurb on the front page but they did not have a blurb on the front page for his death i mean he definitely would have been a blurb on the front page, but he wasn't this time. Uh, he died in his seventies unexpectedly, and the cause of death has not been revealed. Died in his sleep, so I thought that was weird. And then I wondered if you had heard the latest on Bob Saget. Did you hear about this? I did about his skull. Multiple, well, multiple fractures. Now, what they're saying is, if you whack your the back of your head hard enough, you're orbital bones could fracture the orbits around your eyes which may be true but one thing that is not true is if you hit your head that bad you yeah there's i think they're trying to say that maybe he hit his head like that on the headboard so he just ended up in his bed but another doctor said he probably just thought it was no big deal and went to bed and then another doctor said if you're hitting your head that hard you don't if you're conscious you are not thinking it's no big deal and actually very very sadly a uh, good friend of our family, a uh, member of that family, did uh, hit his head shortly after the vax, I will add, and did call somebody and said, I, I don't feel good. I hit my head. I'm going to go to bed. And he did die in bed. But he called somebody and he was super like it hurt. So for this to have happened, it said he the actor had posterior scalp abrasion, sub Galial hemorrhage, which is blood that forms between the skull and scalp. Discoloration in the upper and lower eyelids due to skull fracture. Subdural hematoma, which is buildup of blood on the surface of the brain. And subarachnoid hemorrhage, which is bleeding in the space that surrounds the brain. I mean, that is that is a lot of breathing for him, bleeding for him to just, you know, it's just very hard to believe the, the this story in its entirety. Also, by the way, his family said he had COVID in December. We know he was boosted not long before his death, which means he had already had the other two vaccinations. And this said he was COVID positive. Yeah, I saw where it said he was COVID positive. Did they say there was any alcohol in his system? They said there was no alcohol in his system. I read. Now, I didn't copy this. So it, this is from memory. No drugs or alcohol. But he did have antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicine. It, my impression was that they were absolutely within the dosage levels prescribed to him. Now they're describing the antidepressant as an anti, that it can also be used as an anti-seizure medicine. Maybe they're trying to tell us that he had seizures, but the extent of his injuries just don't make sense with the rest of the story. Yeah, and they are keeping focus on, on that story, which he was obviously a very famous person, well-liked. But a lot of times you don't see as much focus on, on this type of thing unless it's a mystery behind what the cause of death is. So I wonder if we're going to continue to see developments in this. Well, you can't put a pass on to absolutely cover up anything that they don't want you to know. And a lot of times they kind of front run the ultimate report with a bunch of other narratives, as you know, of course, so that you're set up to interpret it a certain way and shrug off what the ultimate 
thing is, I think it's really weird that that comedian fainted on stage. Yeah. Recently, like that was kind of weird because that's just that's just that perfect event that makes it feel like the other event isn't so out of the ordinary. Yeah. I don't know. Weird. Yeah, definitely. Weird. So I think we're being prepared for a cyber attack that, among other things, will be used to justify even more crackdown on the cyber world and possibly prepare for what the future of war looks like. Here's a story out of the AP today. This is the headline of it. Tripwire for real war. Cyber's fuzzy rules of engagement. And the article talks about, and I'm summarizing, with tensions heating up between Russia and Ukraine, Western officials are warning about the danger of Russia launching cyber attacks against Ukraine and NATO allies. This is something that we've heard in, in the past few weeks. I've been talking about this. And they say the danger that, or the danger that these officials identify is the uncertainty about what crosses the digital red line or tripwire. And we've talked about the whole tripwire thing in a psychological warfare operation discussion panel that some military people had that we deconstructed a couple of years ago back in I think 2019 was when that was that panel discussion was held and according to the AP they say it's unclear how grave a malicious cyber operation by a state actor would have to be before it crosses that threshold as an act of war the rules are fuzzy it's not clear what is allowed and what isn't and then the article goes on to focus on what happens if Russia, instead of invading Ukraine, conducts cyber attacks on Ukraine's critical infrastructure. They want to know, would we move forward with the sanctions that we're threatening if that happens instead of an invasion? And if so, wow. what if Russia then conducts cyber attacks in response against the U.S. or its allies and ask, what if the cyber attacks that they conduct against maybe us, they aren't major, but they're just a series of minor cyber attacks? And what if they don't attack us with cyber attacks, but instead they attack Europe if they're restricted over there to Europe? So how do we respond? How do we, we don't have the rules of engagement. This is going to formalize the rules of engagement of modern war. I, I expect a cyber attack that is attributed to Russia to happen somewhere and it to launch this formalization of the new modern war. Wow, that is so interesting. And they've been really pumping up the panic today, even to the point where the stock markets were off this morning because of what they're saying about what's going on in the Ukraine. I'm going to get into that in the XR, some of what I think they're doing to panic people. And that is just really an interesting tidbit that I hadn't I hadn't included in my thinking about this, but it folds nicely into where I'm going with that. All right. Well, before we get to our deepest dive of the day, where we will try to get to the bottom of Biden's investments in China, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR, which is what shocking revelation did one Israeli doctor make debunked and then rebunked, as Monica mentioned previously. And more than ever before, Americans are less likely to do this. But before we do that, I want to thank our sponsor of today's show, the Rye Guys. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, share a laugh, and enjoy 
great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S.com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys. A rye wit for today's show. That's the ryguys.com. Promo code is PROP10. Check it out. They have some fantastic products over there. Also, do you want more content? Or if you don't like the ads, or perhaps you just want to support the show, then you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash propaganda report. If you go there now and check out our tiers and find the one that's right for you, you can give it a try. We offer bonus content every weekday that's ad-free DNBXR, 50 minutes Monday through Thursday and sometimes even Friday. Friday, we also sometimes have grab bags. We maybe have have interviews or early releases or guest appearances or patron-only Q&As and much more. A lot of cool stuff we're doing over there. You can get this premium content for as little as $7 a month with more tiers offering live stream interactive content with the two of us and the entire Propaganda Report Patreon community, which is very engaging, very good-looking very intelligent group the most intelligent you're going to find on patreon and we also offer shout outs and even zoom calls and in our higher tiers we have zoom roundtables which feature insightful discussions on sometimes patron chosen topics lots of stuff that you learn there lots of great resources check us out patreon.com slash propaganda report monica can I just say that this Saturday is, I think, going to be a really awesome Zoom party. I'm going to do a lot of the work myself to bring some emotional wellness tips. I feel like no one is better suited to that than a mom of teens living in L.A. during lockdown and emerging unscathed or even better than before. So that was a kind of a listener suggestion. I think it's great. A lot of people are going to chip in. It's going to be positive and good. And uh, if you only want to join as a patron saint, for one month, you will get that. If you want to get absolutely everything we ever have to offer, you want to be a patron saint, we'll basically give you Rockfin and Locals and the patron saint for all the price of maybe a dollar or two more than just being a patron saint. So if you want something special like that, I can craft a package for you. Email me at the Propaganda Report Podcast at gmail.com. Check it out. And we have a two-person operation. Most Daily shows have a huge operation with huge budgets. We have neither. It's the two of us. We work <laughs> hard. We try and we, we try. We stick to it. To the bone. So, yes, this is how we continue to fund the show. So thank you to everybody who supports us and check us out at patreon.com slash propaganda report. Now on to the deepest dive of the day. So today, the way I try to do the deep dives is I try to find if I if there's an article from the day that sparks me to just kind of pursue the rabbit, I do. And today was the Wall Street Journal said private equity deals soar to a record in China. And I thought, hey, wait a second. What the heck ever happened to Hunter Biden's investment in a private equity firm in China? And I wanted to refresh my memory on that. And I looked and I've told you about Heidi Plank, the missing woman in L.A. Uh, she was working for a guy named Sugarman, who was actually went to jail for fraud in a partnership with Devin Archer, who is a partner in Hunter Biden's Ukraine and China operations. And actually, they invoked Hunter Biden's name in the fraud that they were convicted of. Then that's a whole long story. I'm not going to get get any further into that. There's a lot of really deep rabbit holes here. The Hunter Biden Ukraine stuff in partnership with these guys is really interesting. 
But I always thought the big, big money was in Hunter Biden's interest in a company called Bohai Harvester. It's a Chinese investment firm that is, I think, majority owned by the Bank of China and other Chinese government entities. And there's varying reports of how much is owned where, but 30% of it was always a part, uh, supposedly, um, owned by... Rosemont Seneca Partners, which is Hunter Biden, Chris Hines, John Kerry's stepson, Devin Archer, who I mentioned, and James Bulger III. So these guys all went in on an interest in this private Chinese equity firm. So the original reports were that it was a $4 million venture and Hunter Biden committed $400,000 to it to get 10% of it. Now, it was also reported that he never gave that $400,000 and still he had the 10%. Then during the campaign trail, he said, I'm stepping down from the board of Bohai Harvester. And I said at that time, I said, yeah, but has he given up his 10%? And there was never any mention of that. As recently as October, I believe, Jen Psaki was asked if he had divested himself of that interest. And she said something to the effect of he's working on it, although he's not on the board anymore. And I was like, that just means he doesn't have to show up for work. This Bohai Harvester at different points in time was was recorded as being worth a billion dollars, two billion dollars, which means that his 10 percent interest would be two hundred thousand. And I guess I'm guessing that his 10% interest is um, that 30% was owned by Rosemont Seneca. And Devin Archer is a is not like a full partner. So it would be him, Chris Hines, and uh, Bulger. I'm just guessing because it's not crystal clear. Peter Schweitzer wrote a book. I'll give you the title in a second. That does lay out a lot of that. Now, that book's a few years old. So you have to do some of your own research. But there were... The, the story here is that all of these things were going down literally at the same time that Biden was VP. Kerry was either head of the council, um, the foreign, the committee on foreign relations in the in the Senate or secretary of state himself. They have like coinciding meetings with Biden, Hunter Biden in China as there he stepped off. There's a picture of him stepping off Air Force Two with his father. His father's there for diplomatic stuff and Hunter's there to to seal these deals. Now, it's not Hunter, in my opinion, it's Joe. There's so, so much more there. But this company, this private equity company, uh, this, some of their investments are sketchy and actually depended on U.S. Uh, government approval or policies. So there's a couple of examples. Here's one. In 2015, Bohai Harvester joined forces with the automotive subsidiary of the Chinese state-owned military aviation contractor, Aviation Industry Corporation, to buy American, quote, dual-use parts manufacturer, Hennages. I've heard of this. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's automotive, but also can have military applications. The company had a long history of stealing Western technology and applying it to military systems. This is AVIC, the Aviation Industry Corporation of China. The Wall Street Journal reported that the aviation company had stolen technologies related to to fighter F-35 fighter jets, incorporated them into their own self stealth fighter and they've also been accused of stealing u.s drone systems and using them in their own so china supposedly does a lot of that stuff so in september avic bought 51 percent of hennages and the other 49 percent was purchased by the biden and Kerry linked 
Bohai Harvester. So this is a super, super sketchy company and deal. The technology is on the restricted commerce control list used by the federal government to limit the exports of certain technologies. And for that reason, this deal would require, because it was an American company, would require the approval of the Committee on Foreign Investments in the United States, CFIUS, which is to me like the House Committee on Un-American Affairs, but I, I understand it. And they review sensitive business transactions that may have national security implications. The deal was uh, subject to, in their own words, arduous and oftentimes challenging negotiations. That's what Bohai Harvester said. They also boast on their homepage that they have U.S. partners that help things go more smoothly in the U.S. The review in 2015 included representatives from numerous government agencies, including the State Department, when John Kerry was Secretary of State, and the deal was approved. So... um. They also did some other sketchy stuff, buying cobalt mines in the Congo. And uh, anyway, they, it was all, it, he claims, now there is an art, in the Wikipedia page, it says that in 2019, let's see what exactly it says. It says that his lawyer denies that he's still a part of it. It says the records show that Skein Atelis, which is a company that Hunter Biden had some interest in, does remain a part owner. A lawyer for Mr. Biden, Biden says he no longer holds any interest directly or in, in, indirectly in either BHR or Skein Atelis. Now, this is in conflict with what Jen Psaki said, but she said you should refer to his lawyers, and this was one of his lawyers, but the lawyer said this first. She said that after. So she it's not said he's working clear. on it. That's what she said. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's Thank you for listening. It, so yeah. she said, um, so I have never seen definitive proof that he divested himself. But in any case, he supposedly got 10% right out of the gate uh, and never gave any money for that. And before he divested himself, it was definitely reported that the firm had been worth one or two or more billion dollars. So in that area alone, he would have profited to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars uh, by stuff that was actually affected by his father and his partner's father's work on behalf of the United States as vice president and secretary of state. So that's why I think these guys are so, 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 so corrupt. And actually, it's very telling what Peter Schweitzer's book's name is. It says, ah, oh, damn. What the hell is the name? Is of it that? F the rules? We don't follow them. Basically, it's secret empires, how the American political class hides corruption and enriches family and friends. I'm actually tempted to interview him. I wonder if he's in hiding now. He's a, he, I think he's like a right wing commentator, not right wing, but like, you know, you're kind of mainstream Fox Republican type guy. I don't know. I have absolutely no idea, but I've seen him interviewed on Fox. I've never seen him interviewed on CNN. But he had a lot of stuff and like many, many threads to pull that really illuminated some of the interests that they have in Ukraine. And just now, all the stuff happening in Ukraine, I noticed they're talking about a billion dollar in loan guarantees to Ukraine again. And the way it could work is, you know, what what policies or loans or whatever are going to support what businesses in Ukraine, just like the China thing. So 
these guys, Biden and those guys have had investments in Ukraine before they could go in. And if you've got an underwriting thing like that, you get the upside of the investment. But if it's a no recourse loan or whatever, you can just walk away and they have a billion dollar loan guaranteed by the IMF or the U.S. taxpayer or whatever. And it's a way that they can make a lot of investments. Some work, some don't work, but they don't really have the kind of skin in the game if it's underwritten like this. And they also see what's coming. There's just I think Schweitzer's title is, is absolutely right. It's how they hide corruption and enrich family and friends, in my opinion. Yeah, I think if there's one thing we have learned about this Hunter Biden, the continued exposure of his corruption, along with Joe Biden, is that. It simply doesn't matter how much of his corruption is exposed that certain groups of people are going to be so tribally committed to supporting them because it's been made tribal that it just doesn't affect them. It's either, and they won't report it. Yeah. Well, I, I just mean the that. public in general, people who support. Oh, yes, I yeah. agree. And if they had to, if they had to come out with something on the left in order to make sure that the public does not take it very seriously, they'll just poo poo it. They'll just say it's minor. It's old. They'll put it on the, you know, a, a deeper page and the website or whatever. So right. I, mean, I do yeah. still lay it at the feet of the media not doing its job. Yeah, they'll report it very minimally and they'll never mention it again. It really is crazy when you think about everything that can be connected to Hunter Biden, the videos, uh, yes, just that and, in general. Oh, if you, you take a bird's eye view of that, if we were talking about this 20 years ago or, or in another country, if we were talking about this as Kim Jong-un's kid, if he had a kid. Or Trump and Donald or, Trump right, Jr. Yeah. Like you're saying, like they, the, they do... Trump and those guys are way less savvy on this kind of stuff. I don't yeah. think they really do very but they, there's they do that petty stuff. It seems to me. But what was I going to say? Oh, did you see somebody was uh, asked telling us to watch the Fox Exposé on Hunter Biden? They said it was unbelievable. What's the story of like Biden handing out crack pipes? Did you hear that little tip? I did hear the story about that. I think there was part of it, one of his programs. It was Kind of like when they give pe they give people a center yeah. where they can go do drugs, yeah, to Clean make needles. it safer. But I don't know all the details of it. I know they were giving out packages that did include crack pipes. I don't know if they removed yeah, the crack pipes, but I know that the fact check was something like this. And I'm not giving an exact quote. This is uh, right. just a little bit of investigation, but it was something like, "No, it's not true that Biden's giving out crack pipes." He's giving out crack pipes and syringes. That's kind of like what the fact check <laughs> See, was. See, the from syringes make sense in a way because people will use dirty syringes. Crack pipes, if I understand correctly, they just basically blow up after you use them too much, and they don't have—they're not under your skin, so it's not like using a used one is going to cause, is going to give you AIDS. I mean, right? I'm getting into that, yeah. but anyway, I think that they might have taken back the crack pipe thing but I, I believe originally it was included in this sort of yeah. equity care package or whatever yeah, it was you don't don't need to give out crack pipes there's no health benefit <laughs> for people having an endless supply of crack well pipes. you can normalize it for your son the whole thing oh my just gosh. to normalize it for your son perhaps and but. why is he smoking crack he's probably freebasing if he's rich he's freebasing as uh whitney used to say all right so i have an emergency shout out from laura all right. It's an emergency shout out. She is walking on air because she and Bill and Nikki are on their way back from Arizona. 
They must be home by now. She said they left last Tuesday. They went for a meetup out there, and the trip, she said, was smooth and easy. These guys are my brothers from another mother, truly. So much love to them. I would travel across the country with them again in a heartbeat. Where did they travel from? I think Atlanta. Wow. Or Florida, yeah. And on a side note, Greg Carwood showed up at the meetup uh, that they'd gone to Arizona for, and he chatted with anyone who wanted to. He's truly a genuine and cool cat. I totally get that vibe from him. It was a magical weekend with our people. Thanks. And Laura has told me before, she's really, she has said how many interesting and cool people she's met. Just a, her first entree into this world of kind of like, you know, free thinking people was our show. And she and she came to the meetups and she's friends with these people now and she just attributes it to us and she just is making connections obviously all across the country and across different communities and this is what it's all about. This, this in my mind is the biggest white pill. This is the biggest threat yeah. to the big T them. That's very cool. We'll Taking a road trip across the country as well. That's awesome. Road trips so, are just the human fun. connection, man. It's like good for the soul and it's contagious. Definitely. That's awesome. You guys can find your drive time news blast every week afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that I was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and check out our tiers there. We will talk to you in the DMBXR or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day. <laughs>